the Long Story Short Podcast with Liz Calloway. Welcome to the Long Story Short, the weekly podcast on Burn Media. I'm Liz Calloway. If you're enjoying the Long Story Short, be sure to like it and share it with your friends. We all need to work together to save America. And now on with the show. It's Long Story Short with Liz Calloway. Are you wondering why farmers around the world are protesting government environmental policies and ESG? Or how about why is Bill Gates and China buying up swaths of farmland? Well, my next guest is Kenneth Raposa of ProsperousAmerica.org. He's an industry analyst from the Coalition for a Prosperous America former staff foreign correspondent for The Wall Street Journal, and a senior contributor to Forbes, covering China since 2011. In this episode, Ken tells us U.S. farmers and our food supply are the next target. In fact, there's a proposal already in the works. Welcome to the show, Ken. Thanks for having me on, Liz. We have been seeing protests happening all over the world. We've seen videos out of the Netherlands, Italy, Sri Lanka, Canada, What is going on and what are these farmers protesting? Is it the same situation all across? Is it fertilizer? Is it environmental policy? What is it? It's absolutely the same all across. Let's just take um, Sri Lanka, for example. I don't know all about what went down in Sri Lanka, but I know that there was an issue of farmers were being asked to cut um, fertilizer use or nitrogen. It was all part of the greenhouse gas emission reductions, right? This is stuff that they're advised to do by Singapore's friends in Europe, Davos land. You know, the Davos mm-hmm. boys tell them what to do for to, to be environmentally, social, and governance, you know, you know rock solid, or ESG, so yeah. they can attract more money and by, by the big fund managers in Europe and the big asset managers and lenders in Europe and increasingly the United States, so they can attract that money. And so they can uh, save the planet. Everybody wants to save the planet, so okay, we'll, we'll do it. We'll, let's do that. But do they really uh, want to save the planet? Farmers. Yeah, do they really want to save that? That's, that the farmers didn't like that, and they protested. The same thing's happening in the Netherlands now. But that's the question, though. I mean, is this really something that's going to save the planet, or is there an ulterior motive? Uh, we've been hearing about these ESGs and BlackRock. I've spoken to our very own uh, lieutenant governor in South Carolina. I said, you know, what's the state of South Carolina doing to protect everyone from ESG policies? Okay. And uh, there really isn't much that people are talking about. It's almost like it's out there. It's other people's problem. We don't have to worry about it. What do you think? Okay. This, these things are very hard to understand. Books will be written about this topic, right, mm. o- over the next few years, yeah. I, I assure you. <sighs> Let's let's go. Let's do a little history lesson. So let's yes. go all the way back, late, back to the Industrial Revolution. Okay, now what would happen was and, and farming. Looking at farming. So what would happen with farming was you and I were farmers. We're growing our crops. We're growing corn and wheat. Our corn produces seeds. We take the seeds. We grow the seeds. USDA gives us free seeds. Right? Tons of seeds. You know, if you ever have a backyard farm, there's just or flower garden, you're just seeds all over the place. Producing them. You're growing them again. Big bankers, big asset managers, okay, the guys we could say who run most of the Western world, decided this is a bad idea. There's, there's no money. We can make a fortune on this. Hmm. Yada, yada, yada. Go forward a few years. Now you have things like Monsanto, Bayer, who run all these crops, who run all this business now. So if you and I want our corn to grow and collect our own seeds 
and plant them again. Well, if that's a Monsanto GMO corn, for example, we can't do that because that's intellectual property infringement. And also, it might not even grow in the first place because those, those aren't fertile to grow. You have to buy the seed every year. Okay, so that's an industry now. That's an industry now. That's how asset managers, uh, money, money interest, they were behind that. And they're the same guys that are behind ESG today. And, and you, now, and back then even, they used climate. They used protecting the environment as a means to go about purchasing seeds from corporate interests, okay, because it was going to lead to more corn, more wheat, okay? So, you know, there's always the, the question of, well, it seems efficient or it seems convenient, so I'm going to do it. Or, see, I want to save the planet, so I'm going to do it. So this goes back a long time. Fast forward to today. What's going on in the Netherlands? So this is something that's very interesting, and I think that your, your uh, listeners will, will, if you haven't read the article that I put on Forbes, is this. So the Netherlands, they're part of that whole Davos European universe, right? They're part of the whole... You know, they advocate for the same thing that, you know, the Davos crowd at World Economic Forum uh, advocates for. It's not a conspiracy theory. These guys talk about it all day long. They used to just be a in, relatively innocent, uh, you know, economic forum that people would go to every year. But now it's, you know, the Western world's largest influencing peddling operation for sure. And so the Netherlands is behind the Industrial Revolution 2.0, and they are scrapping the old and rebuilding much of the Western world's industrial base from scratch, okay? And there's about five pillars involved in what they want to build from scratch. And those pillars are new food, new fuel, new transportation, new drugs, only for the healthy. Forget oncology drugs. That's drugs for the sick. New drugs for the healthy and new money, which would be the central bank digital currency, which would be the final, the final uh, curtain call, okay, if you will. Now, those, those are the main issues. So on, on the food side... I had talked to you earlier about crops and about seeds and how if you and I are growing 100 acres of GMO Monsanto corn and that corn you know, is harvested, I've got to go back and buy more Monsanto seed mm-hmm. to replant. I can't take that seed and grow it myself. That's, that's, it's that's now stealing. dead. Mm-hmm. That, well, not only that, it's stealing. Monsanto saying, hey, I made that seed. That's my genetic code that I, I put in that seed. You can't just take it and plant it again. Wow. You have to pay me for it. That's mine. Mm-hmm. So we've gone from that now to a totally new market, which is similar to that, and that is what they're trying to do anyway, would be the synthetic meat market, which is the animal stem cell-created lab-grown beef market. So I'm the scientist. I go in there and cut a little bit of the flesh out of the cow instead of slaughtering the cow. Seems kind and nice, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to kill a cow. Right. I don't want to do that. <laughs> you can do it, and I'll eat it, but I'm, I'm not going to kill it. They cut a little piece of flesh out of it, and they grow that meat in a lab. So the farmer, instead of a rancher with a cowboy hat on a, on a horse, rustling up some cow, uh, he's now in a white coat in a lab, growing that little slab of meat up as your fingernail into a meat patty. Okay? Of course, this costs a lot of money, and a lot of money is being invested into it. Why? No greenhouse gases, no methane, no ammonium into the, into the ground. Okay? So, they see, so this world, right, this European, this, this Davos universe, right, this, this ESG, this climate panic crowd, mostly in Europe, Right? They see this as a new market, and they see it as a way to get people involved in partaking in this market by telling them that we have to lower greenhouse gas emissions. We have to do this. So there's a lot of money in this space. And some of it might be um, people who really do have concerns over greenhouse gas emissions, and, and I get that. But what's going to happen is, in the end, what we're seeing in the Netherlands, which is now offering farmers 5,000 euros to get rid of their cows, to get rid of their herd, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Get rid of the herd. 
Um, so beef becomes more expensive, animal proteins become more expensive, and then it kind of matches the price, let's say, two, three, five years from now, of a lab-grown meat. That would be the theory. I don't know if it will work. That's what they would like to see. You know, There's I, a lot of money being put in that space. Uh, Ken, I had seen uh, an interview with um, a, a farmer in the Netherlands and said that the government is looking to buy their land, especially if they're closer to the city, and he doesn't know what they want to do with it. He's thinking that they want to put apartments on it. Um, what do you think that, you know, this land that they're acquiring in different countries, you know, we hear Bill Gates is buying swaths of land, millions and millions of acres. China is buying millions of acres of land around the world. What do you think they're going to do with all this land? You don't need all that land to grow you know, lab meat, you know, I, I did a little research on the lab meat and they said the best kind is from, um, a dead calf, actually the stem cells. And so that has some optic problems for them when Mm -hmm. it comes to, you know, treating animals humanely. People don't like the idea of that. Um, but they also were saying about the lab meat that, uh, it could, it could grow uncontrollably, which Mm. really lends itself to cancer. Um, and so yeah. they were afraid that people ingesting it, it could cause these type of, you know, properties to grow inside the, you know, people. So there's not enough research yep. done on this at all. No. But why are they... No, this is all experimental. Yeah. This is all experimental. And it's no different than, like I said at the beginning of our conversation about crop seeds. I mean, you know, you bought the crop seed from Bayer or Monsanto. In order for that crop seed to work, you have to spray it with the Monsanto chemicals. We found out now that yep. those chemicals cause cancer, blah, 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 blah. Okay, we all know this stuff. And another thing about, about, the, about the Netherlands I wanted to say before I address your issue on land is mm-hmm. that, remember, this is all intellectual property. So it goes back to what I said about Monsanto corn. You and I have a corn farm. We have to buy seed every year. We can't, and if my neighbor gets that Monsanto corn in his property and it's, it's discovered, you know, that's, and I didn't pay for it, hey, I'm stealing their IP, okay? And it's the same thing with, with the synthetic meat, okay? And now Netherlands has a lot of patents on intellectual property on synthetic meat, oh. right, or cultured beef, as they call it, which is one of the reasons why they're gung-ho on this. There's a lot of money involved in it, okay? And the money will be, it'll be just be money to waste unless this market is created. There'll just be millions gone, right? right. Millions, tens of millions. So, and another country that we all know and love, China, is a big investor in this space because they know that they can just, you know, the big companies will say, hey, let's get, you just get the Chinese to do it. They don't have all these environmental regulations. And, hey, if something goes wrong with it and it causes cancer, we'll just blame a Chinese lab. So China, you know, for the, the, the fake meat, well, the quote-unquote fake meat, it's not fake meat, but you know what I mean, the synthetic, yeah. the cultured the, uh, cultured meat is, is the proper word for it. Um, that's a part of the China five-year plan. So now why land? Two reasons. Uh, one, if you, if you are really tied into the power elite of the Western world and you understand markets, you might be concerned that, the traditional market is saturated and in big trouble. It needs central banks to prop it up. And if you believe that the central banks eventually might not be able to handle that prop up and, and stimulus and uh, keeping the economy afloat, then what's worth money? What has value? Well, land, tangible assets, mountains, rocks, right? That has tangible value. So if I'm a millionaire and I already have $100 million in stocks and bonds, do I really need $100 million more in stocks and bonds if I believe that's a possibility 10, 20 years from now or even two years from now? No, that's not a wise investment. What's a wise investment for me? Hard, tangible assets, land, okay? So now if I am a guy like Bill Gates, who you mentioned earlier, who is big on this stuff with like synthetic meat. He is an investor in this space, okay? He might also do that because it, it takes away the arable land from the market, right? So if he's taking arable land out of the market, then it becomes hard if people say, hey, I want to grow 
I want to raise uh, cattle and uh, cattle on that on that market on, on that land. Oh, can't I? Oh, that, that's owned by a guy named Bill Gates. Oh, I can't. I can't buy that land. Okay, so beautiful pasture land, but I can't put cattle on. Oh, that's too bad. You know. Mm. So you kind of take that land out of the market. So that could be another reason why he does it. I mean, I don't. I don't see any other reason why other than I want to diversify my wealth into hard assets. Land certainly being one of them, because I'm afraid that in the future the market will go down. I already got billions of dollars in stocks and bonds, don't need more. On the, on the side of China, it could be the same thing. But also keep in mind that Chinese, a Chinese company is the owner of Smithfield Foods. So if you've ever been to a grocery and you see the brand that's Smithfield right. Foods, that's now owned by a Chinese company. So they buy that land uh, um, for agriculture. They buy it for commercial agriculture, right? So they're raising pigs on that, on that land and they're putting meat packers probably on that land as well. We're speaking with Ken Raposa. And, and Ken, you, your article in Forbes, um, it, the SEC's climate proposal sets table for Netherlands-style farm crisis in the U.S. Can you tell us what the Securities and Exchange Commission is doing? What are you saying about this proposed rule? Okay, sure. So, again, this is a proposed rule. And what this rule is about is it would let's, – let's make it simple. And, again, I just tell people to go read the article it's it's long, it's long. and it explains everybody who's behind it, right? And yeah. I, we don't have hours. Like I said, folks can be written on this. But what the rule is, in the, in the basic, most simplest sense, is that if you're a publicly traded company, you have to know by SEC rules if your supply chain and your partners that you do business with are not um, polluting the environment. And the main issue for farmers and, of course, the oil and gas industry, let's not forget, and mining industry, let's not forget, of course, is greenhouse gas emissions, right? And other and greenhouse gases would be like methane or, you know, um, I think nitrogen is included in there as well. So these are gases that, of course, are emitted on farms and certainly at a natural gas, you know, uh, company also emits those things. You would have to report that. So what does that mean? That means if I'm a meat company, like, let's say, Tyson, and I'm buying beef. Oh, Tyson invests, by the way, lots of money in uh, synthetic meat. Okay, oh. they know what's coming, and because their bankers also tell them, "Hey, this is a great idea. You should do this. ESG, climate, blah blah blah." So they go, "Okay, I'll do it." Right? It's like grifting. Right? It's grift. Yeah. If you know that's where the money is going, if you know some bank's going to give you a hundred million dollars to do this stupid synthetic beef lab that hamburgers are going to cost you fifty bucks, you'll do it. Free money for these guys. Okay, right. so they're in it. And now for these guys, they're going to have to say, "Hey, Liz." Yeah, that pork farm you have for my, um, you know, my pork patties, whatever it is. Uh, I don't know. Um, what's your what's your nitrogen level on your farm? How much? How much? Uh, you know, how much mm-hmm. of this are you using? Can you measure that? You got to spend all this money to figure out how to do that, right? You got to call lawyers. You got to call consultants. It's going to cost you more money. You don't have that kind of money. A farmer doesn't make a lot of money. So now you maybe you're out of the business. Maybe now you're trimming your herd a little bit. As you're trimming the herd, maybe Tyson's buying it. Maybe another multinational is buying it. So the food's more controlled by big corporate interests, global corporate interests. You're out of the market. You just become a hobby farmer, okay? So these are things that you have that would go into play if the SEC rule passed. You as a farmer, you as an oil and gas company, you as a tool manufacturer who heats your, who heats your facility with coal will have to tell Bank of America, hey, this is how I heat my house. This is how I, this is how I heat my factory. This is how many herds of cattle I have. This is what I estimate the nitrogen to be, according to, you know, some environmental protection guy that, that uh, did, the, did the math, however he did it. Okay? i got to say that. And now that big multinational, that big publicly traded company is going to say, that's an ESG risk for me. That's a climate risk for me. You've got to lower that or I can't do business with you, you see? So it's blackmailing companies down, below, down lower in the supply chain 
to do what BlackRock and others say they have to do. And it goes back to what I said earlier on crop seeds when guys like Rockefeller were saying, we, want, we don't want the USDA giving farmers free seeds. We got we to gotta IP this. We got to make this intellectual property. We got to make them buy this stuff every year. Mm-hmm. Okay? This is a business. So it's the same, it's the same model. It's the same model. And, and when you read the SEC proposal in terms of who supports it, because, of course, we live in a trans, trans, relatively transparent society, you could read what people say. Everyone who is in support of it, all banks, all asset managers, they're all in support of it. You've got a few members of Congress that are in support of it, mostly because of the climate issue, right? Um, and you have a lot of attorney generals in farm states that are absolutely against it. I need to ask you this, though, Ken, but so what? What is the danger to us if we're losing our farms to the government or losing it to these big corporations, these, you know, people who want to make what they think is healthier meat because they're going to inject it with some omega, you know, three fats <laughs> and they're going to make it healthier for you so you can eat red meat every single day of the week. Um, and, mm. and so what is the danger overall for these big conglomerates to really own the food supply? What happens is they're basically owning things that used to be free. And that would mean that the cattle that you had, for example, if you're selling it to a lab, right, that's buying that, that cattle is now IP protected by a lab. The corn you have is IP protected by Monsanto. It's not yours anymore, right? You're tied into big, massive corporate interests that have absolutely no allegiance to you. They have no allegiance to your country. They have no allegiance to your health. Right. They have allegiance to profit and making money and growing market share. That's the only thing they have allegiance to. I don't doubt that there are people at Bayer and Monsanto that want people to eat healthy and be healthy. I don't doubt that one bit. But a lot of these people, they're not at the top of the food chain. Once you get to the top of that food chain, you know you have one allegiance, and that is to your shareholders and your biggest corporate investors and your biggest lenders. Can That's your allegiance. I wanted to uh, just kind of go back to something you mentioned early on. You were talking about the five areas that they want to control. One of them you mentioned, drugs for healthy people. What were you sure. referring to? I, I, that really piqued well, my absolutely. interest. absolutely. Yeah, it's very easy to understand. It's very easy to understand. So let's look at the pandemic. I'm not sick. I don't have COVID. You're not sick. You don't have, maybe you already did, but now I need a drug so I don't get it. I need a drug so I can fly. I need a drug so I go to work. I need a drug so I go to school. I'm a healthy person, but I need this drug. Wow. What if I, 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 I'm a man? I, I think I'm a woman. I'm, I'm trans. I need this drug to be who I am. I need that synthetic hormone to be who I am. I need it forever. Once I get off it, I'm a man again. Wow. No how many surgeries I've had. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's drugs for the healthy. I poison the water. I poison the air. Well, here's a pill you got to take. You don't have to worry about filtration system. This is a market. Don't, be, don't, don't believe that this isn't something that people, you know, if you're, if you're a drug company, right, and you know all these people go out and they spend all this money on protein bars, they spend all this money on organic foods. I, I get a lot of money coming in from people who are, you know, on generic drugs or, or on, you know, on patented drugs because they're sick, mm-hmm. right, because yeah. they have high blood pressure, they have high thyroid. What if I could get the people who get the organic protein bars and eating, buying organic hamburgers and spending $200 a month on it? What if I could get them to blow $20 a month on this pill or this monthly injection or yearly injection, whatever it is, because something's just not wrong, something's just not right. There's a new GMO virus out there. There's poisoned water out there. That's, wow. 
that's a market. That's you know, a market. This, so, I mean, I don't think, I'm, I, I wouldn't put it past them one bit that, that that's something that they want to do. Well, and we already see they're that doing that's it. the case. They're doing it. They're literally doing, it. doing that. You're right. And I just didn't, wasn't seeing it like that, but you're absolutely right. And one of the things that was brought to my attention, um, I have a friend who's a nutritionist, and she said that the supplement market is being targeted right now by the FDA. And they are looking to lock down and bring it into the umbrella under the FDA. And they're saying, oh, it's too dangerous for people to just choose on their own what supplements they want. Um, and they're saying, we have to control it. Um, and uh, the, my friend, the nutritionist is saying, they don't want people to be healthy without the government and big pharma. Right. And here's the other thing. Here's the thing to understand about that, okay? You and I don't have to take vitamin B to survive. We don't have to take vitamin D pills, mm-hmm. whether they're the best pills made from some amazing lab in California, whether they're imported from China. doesn't matter. <laughs> we don't ha- you and I don't have to take a multivitamin every day. But what if I had to? Mm-hmm. What if I had to? If you and I were work out, work, you know, we're gym rats, right, and we're buying protein bars and protein shakes, you have people paying 120 bucks a month on that stuff. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they're hit with hard times, and you're like, I can't afford this protein shaking. I can't afford these power bars. I got to stop. I could save that 120 bucks in my pocket. If I'm on $120 a month blood pressure medication or heart medication, I can't say I don't have the money. I, I can't take this anymore. So what if I was in a situation where I have to take that protein? I have to take that pill. Now, maybe, maybe some of these pharmaceutical companies will acquire uh, the supplement companies. I think we've seen, that, we've seen China make a move in that mm-hmm. space. I think they actually own GNC, I think. Wow. They actually own that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they let it be. They, they, they let it be. But it's a cash machine for them, of mm-hmm. course, right? Because, again, but, but, the, but again, think, thinking back to the new drugs market is we don't hear so much about drugs for how do we treat cancer patients? How do we do this? The point is, how do we, the, the new drug market is, how do we get healthy people to require drugs? Wow. And there's no better evidence, there's no better, like, uh, market, there's no better example of this than what we've seen in the last two years with COVID. Right, where they were just basically saying, you, you're not going to work. They said this for years. You're yeah. not going to work without this COVID vaccine. That's, that was one thing. Uh, number one, and, and that was mostly in the Western world, you notice. They didn't talk like that in Brazil. They didn't, were, you know, they didn't talk like that in India. They didn't even talk like that in you know, most of Southeast Asia, certainly not in Africa, in the Middle East. Only talk like that in the Western world. That's where all this stuff comes from. Okay? And then, of course, on top of that, even more obvious is the whole trend towards you know, transgender and people who believe that, you know, non-binary, a lot of these people, especially in the trans community, they need, you know, a lot of them need uh, drugs, you know, if they want to at least appear more, more feminine or look, or look mm. exactly like a woman, you know what I mean? So they, that you wouldn't tell the difference. Maybe even when they're naked, you wouldn't tell that you wouldn't know. But in order to not know, those people have to be on medication. You know, they have to be on some type of drug to keep those hormones yeah. in balance so that they don't, all of a sudden, you know, become a look like a beautiful woman, and all of a sudden, they get off that stuff, and now they got body hair again. You know, you know, you're so, connecting you know, I don't know a lot the of dots here, it, but they need it. You're, What's you're, that? You're connecting a lot of dots here that I wouldn't, yeah. have, I wouldn't have paired all of this together um, at all. So, I, I mean, it's really, uh, it's shocking, but I'm not surprised. Um, and we're speaking. Right. With and Ken- so you mentioned the farm crisis, yeah. right, Liz? That's that's how you think because it's part of that new food industrial revolution, right? It's part, it's part of the five pillars of what we have to. What's been saturated? Traditional food has been saturated. How do we how do we get a new food market? We destroy the old one 
and build a new one. Car market, saturated. Americans have four cars. Europeans have four cars. Bad for the planet. Okay, we could probably all agree at that. What do we do? Destroy the entire car market. Make them drive electric cars. You know, oil, gas, bad for the planet. Drilling, greenhouse gas going up. Poles melting. Oh, no. What are we going to do? Destroy that market. Get people on wind and solar. So, you know, this is, this is what's happening, and it's being led by, led by the West. Of course, with China being the, the smart guy in the room, they're watching what's going on in the West, and they're saying, we'll build it for you, you know, and they've been doing that for years. Well, I wanted, to, to, Ken, I wanted to ask you this. Um, we're speaking with Ken Raposa. I, the, you mentioned earlier China's five-year plan. What is this five-year plan? Is this an actual thing? Is this, uh, tell us more about that. Absolutely. Well, every, I believe it's every year. I'm not exactly sure where they have the meeting. I always get confused. But every year, China comes up with a five-year plan. And the best way to understand the five-year plan is, is uh, it's Chinese industrial policy. Okay? So we don't have industrial policy in the West. So China is saying, these are sectors of the economy that we deem important. These are our favorites. This is what we want to direct our money. This is where we want you know, entrepreneurs to spend their, their time and efforts on. And in that, of course, things like artificial intelligence are big. Um, biotech is big, mostly on the pharmaceutical side is big. And this year, in January, for the first time, they added the new foods market, which is the cultured beef market, which is lab-grown meat. Okay, so they, China, and China, they look at it because they see, they see who's the biggest market. You know, China's still a very poor country. You know, I've been there. It's, it's still, it's still very poor. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, we think of it as Shanghai and Guangzhou and all these girls with Gucci bags, you know, but that's not the average Chinese person, you know. Um, and so it's still a poor country. And so, but these guys know that their market is really in the West. It's a saving economy. People don't spend a lot of money there. Their market is in the West. And if the West is afraid of climate change, we'll build the solar panels. We'll be, build the wind, right, wind turbines. If the West is afraid of, you know, uh, gas-guzzling cars, we'll build the batteries. We're going to get in the EV car market. You know, so if the world is afraid of cow farts, we're going to build a cow robot. Whatever it is, we're going to get involved <laughs> in it because we're going to sell it to them. We're going to be their manufacturer. We've been their manufacturer since the 90s, and we're going to continue to be that way. So... That's amazing. That's, that's part of the five-year plan. Well, Ken, this is really important stuff to keep uh, following, and it seems like you are on it. So how can people continue to follow? What's the best way to keep in touch with what you're learning and sharing with us? Sure. So you can follow me mostly. Uh, by, I work for a think tank called the Coalition for a Prosperous America, which is prosperousamerica.org, mostly focused on trade. I also write for Forbes occasionally. I used to be a full-timer there, left there in 2020. Um, and that's where that SEC story is. Uh, you, you find me there. So mostly processamerica.org. That was, that's what I would recommend. Well, Kenneth Raposa, thank you so much for joining us and for your time and, uh, and your insight on this is incredible. I will con- definitely continue to follow you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. The Long Story Short Podcast with Liz Calloway. Thank you for downloading Long Story Short. If you need to reach me, you can always email me at LizCallowayLLC at gmail.com. That's Callaway with all A's. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a review, like, and share it with your friends. Until next time, I'm Liz Calloway. <laughs>